Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. For this week's episode, we are going to be exploring the Rotgen Pieta. Sculpted of wood, this piece depicts the moments following Christ's crucifixion. It is one of the most violent and gruesome examples of this motif that exists in art history. Although it is tempting to think that this is simply another way to show Christ, this style actually has its roots in societal and religious reform. So, without further ado, let's take a deep dive into the Rotgen Pieta. As I just mentioned, the Rotgen Pieta was sculpted of wood. It was also painted, and traces of the pigment can actually still be seen today. This was one of the most popular mediums in medieval Germany, where this piece is from. Most art historians agree that it was sculpted around 1300, possibly as late as 1325. Although the artist of this work is unknown, and only a few written records about the Rotgen Pieta survive, there are still clues that we can glean about its purpose. The work stands at about 34 and a half inches tall, including its sculpted stand. This indicates that it was likely used in a private devotional setting. Being frank, it was just too small to be placed in a church. The most startling aspect of this work is how extremely gruesome it is. Christ's broken and emaciated body is propped up on his mother's lap. His head is bent back at an unnatural angle, and we can see his ribs poking through his skin. The wounds of the stigmata on his hands, feet, and side are freely gushing blood. The cuts on Christ's forehead, caused by the crown of thorns, also drip blood down his face. Mary looks down in grief, finally realizing the pain and suffering her son experienced before he died. After looking at this work, it's easy to see why it's been given the name Pietà. This means pity or mercy in Italian, and it refers to something that conveys grief and suffering. The motif actually developed in Germany first, around the late 13th century, where it was called Vesperbild. This makes the Rotgen Pietà one of the first known examples. Nearly every work with Pietà in the title or description depicts the Virgin Mary lamenting the death of her son Jesus. The moment is considered the 13th station of the cross and one of the seven sorrows of the Virgin. Although the subject of Pietà in this piece is clearly meant to depict deep pain and suffering, this is not the case across all of art. From Germany, the idea spread to Italy and then on to the rest of Europe. In some pieces, we see Mary and Christ similar to the Rotgen Pietà, but in others, we see the pair as calm and serene. They have accepted their fate and are strong enough to endure it. One of the best examples of this is Michelangelo's sculpture dating from 1498. If you look at this work and then the Rotgen Pieta, they seem like worlds apart. The Rotgen Pieta falls into a category of art called Andachsbilder. It is German for a small devotional image used as an aid for contemplation and prayer. This was a workaround of the Second Commandment, which we did discuss in previous episodes. People weren't worshipping the images themselves, but they used them to help worship God. They were common in the medieval period in all stations of society. The most frequent images were of Christ's suffering on the cross and the lamentation. Notice that both of these are parts of his story that focus the most on his pain and eventual death. We're going to discuss why these were the most popular scenes, but first, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now that we're back, let's dive into the world of medieval Christianity. By the 14th century, the religion had spread to nearly all corners of Europe. This gave the church nearly unlimited power and led to events such as the Crusades, a set of wars in the Holy Land seeking to restore control of them from Islamic rulers, and the Inquisition, a quote, task force, whose goal was to root out heresy. It was a time of unprecedented growth and change. But with power came corruption. This had a profound effect on the culture of Christianity. By the 13th and 14th centuries, new monastic communities began to form across Europe. Their goals were aligned with, essentially, getting back to basics. They wanted to focus on living a life similar to Christ, including vows of poverty and helping the less fortunate of society. The most popular orders included the Benedictines, Cistercians, Franciscans, and the Dominicans. Before the rise of these monastic orders, Depictions of Jesus were often focused on his victory over death. This iconography is usually referred to as triumphant Christ, and it showed him as calm and separated from any suffering. Due to his divine nature, he was able to face death head-on and fully conquer it. He did not bend to normal human emotions such as pain, which allowed him to be triumphant over evil and save humanity from its sins. The triumphant Christ is one that Christians were proud to worship. However, as time went on, an interest in showing Christ as more human began to develop. This was largely influenced by recorded visions by mystics, St. Bonaventure, St. Bridget of Sweden, St. Bernardino of Siena, and St. Francis of Assisi all claimed that they witnessed Christ and his mother Mary experience immense grief, pain, and suffering at the crucifixion. This had a significant impact on religion and art. It showed that God, and therefore his son, were able to connect with humanity on a deeper level. They understood what we experienced, and so this strengthened our connection to the divine. This motif also extended to the Virgin Mary. Traditionally, it was believed that she had knowledge about her son's fate. This would allow her to process his gruesome death and remained calm and serene. But because the mystic's vision also included her suffering, art began to reflect that. As a mother of God's only son, Mary had a divine status as well. By betraying her with a mother's grief, this allowed people to see her human side. The Rodgen Pieta is not only fascinating, but it is incredibly important in the history of art. It shows how Christianity developed throughout Western Europe and how people related to the divine. Make sure to tune in for next week's episode. It's the final episode of season three, and I'm going to be discussing Giotto's painting of the Lamentation found in the Arena Chapel. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.